like all four major sports are back and insane. it's amazing because it's insane. we had to go without it for so long. And now that it's yeah. all back, it's like, oh, this yeah. feels great. Our, our, wife, our wives are going to kill us. They're like, there's just no end. Yeah, especially when you're drafting two teams on her birthday. <laughs> it's not great. Not great. Um, Ahoy, ahoy. Welcome to Head Games, the science and psychology of sports. I'm Dr. Brett Levine, joined as always by Dr. Ben Rosenberg. Ben, two words to describe your fantasy football drafts. Cluster, you fill in the blank. <laughs> what happened? Dude, just, I mean, just insane. Trying to draft two leagues at once. Uh, also, it was my wife's birthday during one of my drafts. And so I'm like trying to be a good husband and like be there while we're talking about all these nice things about her. And then also simultaneously trying to draft. Just chaos, bro. Just total chaos. How are, how are yours? Two words for yours. Technical difficulties. So what happened? What happened? I was on ESPN for one of them. And uh-huh. all of a sudden it just stopped showing me the picks. And I'm like, who's getting picked? Just gone. Just gone. It would like, it would like cut in and out. It was like, what's going on? And then another one, my internet just dropped completely. Jesus. So, and it was like early too. It was third round. It dropped out and I came back on and it had auto drafted in the third round. Gio Bernard. (laughs) Oh, that's awful. (laughs) Oh my God. Well, check dude, check this out. So I'm in one league new to this league this year with a bunch of guys I don't know. I know one of the players it drafts via email. There's an email thread. I'm not making this up. There's an email thread that the commissioner starts and literally it's just email after email. It took five days to complete the draft. (laughs) It is not 1999. I started playing fantasy football in 1999. It is not 1999 and we're doing an email draft. It's also not PPR, but let me get off that soapbox. Gross. That's yeah, gross. It's, disgu- it's, it's disgusting. It's disgusting. All right, let's get oh, into I was this. So, so news, um, football, is, football is back and life is good. Not only that, but like all four major sports are back and insane. it's amazing. Because it's insane. We had to go without it for so long. And now that it's yeah. all back, it's like, oh, this yeah. feels great. Our, our, wife, our wives are going to kill us. They're like, there's just no end. Yeah, especially when you're drafting two teams on her birthday. <laughs> it's not great. Not um, not, not let's, let's, let's just jump into this. So last week when you were busy drafting multiple teams and celebrating your wife's birthday, I had uh, Dr. Dr. Tom Chan here in your absence. And we talked about three psychological concepts that could either help or hurt your fantasy football drafts. And it was fun. It was cool. And I think that we should maybe follow it up and, and keep along the lines of fantasy yeah. football because um, – it's the hot topic now. And I think we, yeah. we have some interesting takes on now that draft, the fantasy draft is over, um, you know, managing your team early on. And I think the stuff you have and some of the stuff I have might be relevant for um, early management and like week one waiver wire stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, do, I should start. Why don't I start? Go for it, man. I think you've got some, some good stuff about uh, how to manage the waiver wire, especially early in the season. All right. So, the question is, what is the best way to find undrafted future top 100 value on the waiver wire? Yeah. Um, this is like the holy grail of it. And it's like in-season management. There's always these guys that sort of come out of nowhere. Mm-hmm. Um, Alvin Kamara, I believe, was one of these guys a few yep. years ago. Like league yep. winning 
types yep. of talent. How do you get these guys? Where are they? So I did a bit of analysis. I wanted to see who went undrafted in a prior year, but proceeded, um, sorry, produced enough positive value to be ranked in the top 100 the following year. So Mr. Irrelevant, but then he does really, really well and he lands himself in the top 100 the following year. Um, and by positive value, I mean where they were drafted in like, let's say 2019 versus where they eventually ranked according to, to total fantasy points by the end of the season. Okay. So a guy, let's say in 2019 is 385th, but he does really well and lands in, you know, some select company on this top X list of like total fantasy points. Mm -hmm. And now in 2020, he's in the top 100 because he did so well. Those are the guys. And the question okay. is like, well, how do we, how do we find them? Right. So over the last two seasons, there have been 17 guys who were waiver wire pickups and okay. landed themselves in the top 100 the following year. And in 2019, there were 10 guys. It was, and you, you probably know these guys. And it's like, oh mm -hmm. yeah, that's totally a thing. Uh, Mostert, and this is in order, by the way, of like the value that they created based okay. on what So this is okay. largest to smallest of these guys okay. that created positive value. Mostert, Higby, A.J. Brown, Deontay Johnson, McLaren, uh, Chark, Josh Allen, Debo Waller, Hollywood Brown, Hayden Hurst, barely Hayden Hurst. Removing rookies and guys who didn't play in the previous season, mm -hmm. over the last two seasons, 10% of the top 100 players were on the waiver wire. So Whoa. of next year's Whoa. 2021 top 100 guys, when you're going into draft season, 10% mm -hmm. of those guys are currently undrafted. And right now they're sitting on waiver. Not rostered. They're just sitting, sitting out there. So, okay. So I'm a fantasy owner happen to all really be a fantasy owner. Like, mm -hmm. how do I find the, how do I find these guys? How do I look at my waiver wire and look at weed through all the crap that's out there and say, <laughs> that's the dude, he's going to take me to a title and I'm going to keep him in my dynasty league and he's going to cost me like a 12th rounder or whatever next year. Don't at me. Don't at me because of this, but like there's some gentle analysis that I did that might be pointing in a certain Ooh, gen trend gentle. or direction. I, I like it. Okay. Yeah. Tell us. All right. So over 70% of these guys over these like Mr. Irrelevant waiver wire guys had a breakout in one of their first two games of the season. So if there's a guy, if there's a player early on who, who has a great game and you think that there might be production or opportunities later, mm. go and get him. Do mm. what you need to do. There's a problem, right? The problem is that we're actually sort of hesitant. I mean, you, you'll get these guys. You'd love to have these guys, but we're yeah. hesitant to spend big or sacrifice a lot to get these right. guys. Right. So if you're, I mean, let's take, let's take an example. So last year, uh, DJ Chark, gay, uh, week one, 146 yards and a touchdown on four targets. Stupid. And you're like, all right, um, who is this guy? And mm -hmm. he plays for the Jaguars and he mm -hmm. only got four targets. And you're like, mm -hmm. yeah, I'd love to take a flyer on him. But like, are you going to drop, if you don't play in a fab league, mm -hmm. are you going to drop somebody you drafted who you kind of like right. to get him? Endow endowment effect. Yep. Exactly. Right. I own this guy. And like, I don't know, yeah. I, 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 I'm instilling more value to him than I probably should. Or in fab, you're like, well, I'll throw, you know, you have a hundred bucks. You're like, yeah. I'll throw a couple bucks on this. Yeah. Well, you and everybody else in the league is throwing a right. couple bucks. On this. Right. Right. So there's hesitancy to this and there's actually this effect. And the idea is that we're, we're more likely to spend more money when it's denominated in small amounts 
rather mm -hmm. than like large chunks. Hmm. So you'll spend $100 in fab budget over the course of a season in yeah. small amounts. And you don't mind because you're giving up a little bit, little bit, Just little chunk, bit. Just chunk, a chunk, a chunk, a dollar, two dollars, one dollar again. For, but like these are marginal players, right? Usually the guys you pick up on waiver wire are doing maybe a little bit at the margins or they're filling in for an injury or something. Yeah, so you're saying... I, you might get lucky. It's, it's, called, it's, yeah. called the, it's called the denomination effect. Hmm. And it's the idea that we're basically hesitant to spend big. Right. We have to override this. And... I think the, the general rule in fantasy football is to take, take calculated risks and be aggressive. Hmm. If you see a guy week one or week two and he goes off, spend the money, do it, take the risk because over the last two seasons, you know, 75% of these guys and okay, there can be guys who, who have a great week and then bust. And look, yeah. like I said, don't at me, don't, don't at me. <laughs> okay but so 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 how do you how do you separate the wheat from the chef how do you see like tons of guys go off week one or week two and it's it's a fluke it's bullshit so i don't know how do you how, how do you know I, that i don't know that i don't know <laughs> you don't know i'm, I'm don't asking know. you i need, I mean, I need some about advice it. i'm i'm only looking at guys who later landed in the top 100 and i'm looking right, at patterns right. of those guys Right. I don't think it's a, I don't think it's a lot of guys. I don't think it's a yeah. ton of no name guys yeah. that go off week one and week two. It's, it's probably guys that are already in the top 100 that probably produce. And there's yeah. probably a handful of guys who go off week one and week two. Some of those guys are going to win you a league. Some yeah. of those guys are going to bust. Yeah. I, I can't tell you which is which. I can only look at the patterns of previous guys that have right. done well over the course. Are there of any like peripheral characteristics you think that you would look for? Like you said, you mentioned targets with DJ Chark. Like, is it, you know, this receiver goes off, but he also got 12 targets. Like, are we thinking that might be helpful? Or you're just like, you just got to, if you see something, take a flyer on it. I, I, I don't know. I, yeah. I don't know it well enough to say yeah. that these are the indications. Again, yeah. It's a small sample in, in yeah. two weeks of no name guys, you know, that are, that are really out there that, okay. So, and these are waiver wire picks, right? Yeah. So in a standard team with 16 positions across a 12 team league, that's 192 picks. Right. So these are people who are ranked 193 and lower. Right. 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 That, that go off in, in the first two weeks. There's only going to be a few of these guys that, that go off anyway. So I yeah. don't think that there's a ton of guys to really choose from. I'm also not saying blow your fab budget on these guys. <laughs> blow your wad. Yeah. Yeah. I'm saying like, take, you know, take more than you think would be, yeah. you know, like if, if you know everyone, everyone's going to be bidding on him, right? A couple of course. Bucks. It's what always happens. Yeah. And, and go and, and it'll, it'll pay off basically. Um, your take is interesting because yours is at more of like a team level. Yeah. Um, also fantasy relevant. Why don't you go ahead and explain what, uh, what you got? So what I've been thinking about as we, as we get closer to the season here is a term that st statisticians love, but also that is thrown around in sports a lot, which is regression, regression to the mean. So I want to talk a little bit about what that is, and we can kind of see how it applies to football. So basically, the idea is that if you do really, really, really well, or really, really, really badly, the next time you do something, whether it's play football, take a SAT test, whatever it is, you're going to do, if you did really well, a little worse. If you did really bad, you're going to do a little better. And this is just because you're kind of 
you're going to gravitate closer to the average, gravitate closer to the middle, gravitate closer to the mean, right? So this is applied to sports often when you talk about like the Sports Illustrated curse or the Madden curse, which is the idea that once a player gets enough notoriety to be on the cover of a magazine or be on the cover of a video game, suddenly they, they suck, right? They suddenly start playing badly. And the kind of the, the old wisdom around it is like, well, they're cursed, right? Like there's something about being on the Madden cover that suddenly makes them a crappy player. Mm-hmm. That's, cr- that's not true, right? Mm-hmm. In fact, all they're doing is regressing back to their mean. So presumably you get on a cover because you did really awesome. You had an amazing season. That's why they put you on the cover. And the next year, it's not that you're suddenly bad. It's just that you performed slightly worse. And so when judged in the context of your previous season, that was like, you know, through the roof, incredible, you look suddenly yeah. slightly more pedestrian. So yep. it's not that you're crappy. You're just not quite as exceptional because the odds are you're just not going to perform that exceptionally yep. multiple years in a row. Yep. That's just how, that's just how it works. Right. So in thinking about it in terms of the, the season, as we get closer, I wanted to take a look at a few teams that I thought were likely to regress in either direction. Right. Okay. So teams who did not so great last year that are likely mm-hmm. to do a little bit better this year. And then also teams that did really, really well last year that might be likely to do a little bit worse this year. So let me give you a take of three for each. So teams that I think are likely to bounce back that didn't do so great last year, they're likely to regress towards the mean, which means they'll do a little bit better this year. The mm-hmm. Colts, I think, are a prime example. Um, they were seven and nine last year. They had major upgrade at QB, assuming that Philip Rivers is still alive somewhere. He's still better. He's still better than Jacoby Brissett. They have a young. He's old, man. They have a young, skilled defense. He's he like in his late thirties. He's alive. That's right. He's like three years older than me. It's like it's, it's weird to say. He's alive. He's playing, but he's going to play better than Jacoby Brissett, presumably. T.Y. is another candidate on their team to bounce back, right? We know he's talented. He had injuries last year. They have a young, skilled defense, great organization, good coach, good management. Also, here's my fantasy take with the Colts, is that I think their D is a great, if you're a streaming D guy like I am, I never want to draft a defense. I always stream my defense. If you're looking for a waiver wire pickup for the defense, Colts, I think, are a good pick for the beginning of the season. Their first six games are Jacksonville, Minnesota, eh, the Jets, eh, Chicago, Trubisky, need we say more, Cleveland could be better, but it's still Cleveland, and then Detroit, right? So, Nice. Kind of a nice schedule there for the Colts to potentially have some bounce back potential, both as a team and as a team defense, if you're looking for a fantasy pickup. Yeah. So two, two other teams, I think, that could bounce back and perform better. Um, Chargers are one. They were 5-11 and 11 last year. They still have a talented roster, despite getting rid of Melvin Gordon and Phillip. Um, but they had a lot of bad luck, right? They lost all these crazy close games last year. That's unlikely to happen again. Still a talented young defense. Derwin James being out sucks, uh, but they still have a talented team. I think they'll bounce back. Mm-hmm. And then I mentioned the Lions just a second ago. I think the Lions are going to bounce back as well. Uh, they were 3-12 and 12 last year, but that, again, doesn't really indicate how close they were in a lot of games. And kind of under the radar, Stafford was incredible last year before yeah. he got hurt. And I think they were like 3-0 and or something before he goes out. They lose a really fluky game. Then he hurts his back. So he's back this year. They still have a good, some talent on both sides of the ball. And also I think that division is kind of down. 
like Packers probably are going to fall back to earth, which we'll talk about in a second. The Bears, eh. Um, so we'll see. Those are yep. those are three candidates I think will bounce back. I want to mention that I didn't take the cards here. Like they are, everybody's picking them to be world beaters, and like maybe yeah. we'll see. I have Kyler on one of my teams, so maybe they'll bounce back. But yeah. I wanted to avoid picking the kind of trendy Kyler trendy Murray. Squad. Kyler Murray is the Ben Rosenberg fantasy pick. That's that's your guy. That's like a, totally guy. a guy you would draft. You know, it's tough, man. I, I don't like picking quarterbacks early. I never yeah. do as we've talked about this a lot. Yeah. I usually wait and wait and wait and take QBs. And this year for like somehow I ended up with Mahomes on two teams and Kyler on the other team. Like I'm usually the guy who ends up with like big Ben in the 10th round and just like cruise it, <laughs> just like cruises with it. And so I ended up with good QBs this year, I don't, which, which will be interesting to see if it affects my, uh, affects my record. Nice. So um, thinking about the other direction, right? Teams yeah. that maybe overperformed last year that might get a little bit worse this year. I got to lead with our Niners. Sadly, I, I think it's likely that they're probably not going to go 13 and three again. It's really hard to go 13 and three. First of all, you got to get a lot of breaks they're already dealing with injuries, right? As we've seen, all their receivers are hurt, basically. Um, they've had some O-line injuries, a couple defensive injuries. So probably the Niners, I think they're still going to be good. I don't mm -hmm. know if 13-3 and three is in the cards. Um, the division's also stacked, right? We just talked about the Cardinals and the Seahawks. Fucking Seahawks are always good. <laughs> um, so that is what it is. The other two teams, I think, that might come back to earth a bit, Packers again, 13 and three. I think they're the likeliest probably to take the, the farthest tumble, to be honest. Aaron Rodgers is still great, but they don't have much around him. Uh, Devontae is fantastic. The defense, I mean, we'll, we'll see. So I think they're probably the likeliest to take the biggest fall. Um, the third maybe will surprise you. Everybody's picking them to either make it to or win the Super Bowl is the Ravens, right? They were 14 and two last year. They get upset in the playoffs. They're obviously still super talented. Lamar is great. Mm -hmm. um, but it's really hard to go 14 and two, man. Like the NFL yeah. is really hard to win in. And 14 and two is really close to 16 and 0. And their division, I think, is better. Big Ben's back. I think Cleveland's going to be better. So I'm not saying they're going to be bad. I think they will probably still win that division. But 14 and two is tough. It's tough to see. It's tough to replicate. Yeah. So I think they're likely to fall back a little bit. And related, the fantasy take on them is is Lamar. Like I didn't pick Lamar in any of my leagues. I don't think you took Lamar in any of your leagues. Like I think he's uber talented. I still don't know about the supporting cast around him. They've got some good running backs. The receiving core is meh. Mm -hmm. um, I would I would pick Lamar to, to regress as well. And so if that's, if you're a Lamar owner, maybe think yeah. about selling high, man. I mean, see how he does the first couple of weeks and if you can get a couple good running backs or a good running back and a wide out for him, and you have like a second or third tier quarterback that you can stick in, might not be a bad idea. Yep. I think what was also important that you pointed out was that as regression affects, like, let's say the Ravens as the example that like, yeah, they did 14 and two last year. And if everybody was the same, it's going to be difficult to repeat, but like, exactly. As they're regressing, other teams are regressing as well. Right. Yep. Like, like the Steelers are regressing back to Upwards, probably exactly. up, right. Like yeah. Ben's back and they've got, you know, Connor yeah. and Deontay. They somehow went eight and eight last year with like duck Hodges throwing duck most Hodges. of their passes, dude. <laughs> duck Hodges. <laughs> I mean, the Browns too. Like I love yeah, looking totally. at Twitter and like 
um, I was doing some like team chemistry analysis. I was looking around on Twitter for something and the one team that got hammered for lack of team chemistry was the Browns. And this is like the case, the case in point for team chemistry where it's like you're loaded with talent, but you're not performing well. And people say, well, it has, it might have to do with chemistry. Well, Well, you know what? It had to do with Freddie, Freddie kitchens too, but yeah. yeah. (laughs) But I think to your point, like, they've got a great supporting cast returning. Like say what you want about Baker. For sure, man. You've got Landry, who's incredibly underrated. Yeah, Odell agree. Beckham, who might've had an off year. Yeah. Chubb, a full season of Hunt. And yeah, you talk about Stacked. regression. Let's throw the Browns in there too. Like that yeah. could be dangerous. They have two good tight ends too, right? They have Austin Hooper and uh, David yeah. Njoku. Like yeah, they're, they're yeah. stacked. They're, they're stacked, stacked, man. Yeah. Like yeah, a- there was so much hype about them last year. That I mean, I I was actually debating picking them as one of my bounce back teams, and I but I I do think they're they have a high likelihood of being better certainly than they were last year. Yeah. I don't know if they're gonna make the playoffs or anything crazy like that, but I mean yeah. I could easily see improvement. Yep, yeah. no, it'll be a fun division for sure. For sure. Yeah, this was fun. Um, I'm glad we were able to follow up last week's fantasy yeah. take with uh, with this week. I don't want to get too I, like this is not a fantasy football show. I know, we are sports I know. and psychology, but I know, you know, I, I think know. we're both like we're both immersed in uh, immersed. fantasy football. So yeah, yeah, it it's it's worth discussing. Yeah. Um, anything else before we uh, before we get out of here? I'm happy football's back, man. I think uh, it's you know it, it gives us a lot to talk about, but like it's just so hard to find a sense of normalcy right now. And I think to, to have football on, well, it's Thursday or whatever day it is to when the games are like Thursday to Saturday to Sunday to Monday, like it's just nice to, to have that kind of routine back yeah. um, and know that that's kind of, kind of happening again, it, despite all the craziness still going on in the world. Yeah. Yeah. Some sense of normalcy is always good. Please rate and subscribe where applicable. You can find us on Twitter at head game psych you can find me on twitter at dr brett levine you can find that guy on twitter at bd rosenberg phd thanks as always to joshy boy josh baca and gladi ice for, for putting together today's show and thanks for tuning in